You're listening to Double Exposure with Sophia Lemon and Petro, a photography podcast on both the creative aspects and business side of photography. Join the conversation on Facebook at Double Exposure Show Group. And here's Petro and Sophia. Welcome back, everybody, to episode 18 of Double Exposure Show with myself, Petro, and Sophia. You can find the show notes for this episode on doubleexposure.show slash episodes slash 1818. And please join the conversation on Facebook at Double Exposure Show Group, where we look forward to hearing from you on topic suggestions, feedback, and just come by and say hi in general. Hi, 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 yeah, hi. right. So <laughs> say hi to say hi to everybody. Hello, everyone. <laughs> so, uh, what's new, Sophia? Well, so you know how it's like New Year's resolution time. So you probably saw this coming. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know how everyone's New Year's resolution is to like get fit, lose weight, whatever. That I don't is, know what you're talking about. <laughs> that is not my resolution, but it's just you know good timing that I changed up my workout program this week so i had a pretty wicked uh back workout on monday and then a pretty wicked leg workout on wednesday and my legs have been dead ever since (laughs) like i left the gym and i couldn't walk straight and i was just wobbling around all day halfway through the afternoon sorry (laughs) it's like weekend at bernie's yeah halfway through the afternoon i thought well i feel okay so maybe i'll get on the treadmill (laughs) So I did a walk run thing for like 20 minutes and then I got off and that was probably a bad idea. It probably didn't help at all. And yesterday, yesterday I went to, which was Thursday, yesterday was Thursday. I went to my massage therapist and (laughs) this is kind of funny. Um, He could barely even touch me because I was like, just like writhing in pain. (laughs) So... I somehow got myself onto the bed and when it was time to like work on my legs, he was literally drinking coffee with one hand and rubbing with the other (laughs) hand (laughs) because he couldn't put any pressure on me because it hurt that much. (laughs) That's terrible. (laughs) Oh, so Yep. I'm a genius. (laughs) Yep. I uh, used to get that when I would go, uh, ride uh like sea dudes or whatever wave runners whatever they're called personal watercraft thingies i would go crazy for a long, really long time and um somehow standing on one of these things uh, although you're supposed to be kind of sitting uh i would hit the waves so fast that i would be standing most of the time the next day i could barely walk every time and i mean i would go to the gym and i would exercise my legs just fine and legs have never been an issue for me but every time I, I, I could just feel your pain. I'm telling you, because it was, it was hard to go to the bathroom. Yeah. Oh yeah. This is not You're just like. Yeah. This is not as bad as when I started working out at this gym, but it's right. pretty close. <laughs> and oh. it wasn't difficult getting to the toilet, but getting off of the toilet is <laughs> pretty tricky. And I have literally just been walking around like. I don't have knees. Like my legs are just one solid unit. Yep. <laughs> they don't bend. <laughs> oh yep. no. Well, it only it's only gonna be like that for another couple of days and then <laughs> the pain will slowly start to go away. Well, I'm hoping I'll be fine tomorrow so I can go skiing. 
Mm. Yeah, I'm going to regret that on Sunday. <laughs> have have somebody record it for me, please. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, but, uh, the person that I go with skis much faster than me. So this is cross-country skiing, by the way. This isn't downhill. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Can you really picture me going down a hill? I was trying. That's why I asked for a video. <laughs> so I did, I did um, Tough Mudder. And yes. it was at, um, oh, Moonstone. What is that place? I don't know. St. Louis Moonstone, something or other. Hmm. Um, and we had to run up and down the hill like seven to nine times. I can't remember what the exact count was, but I'm like running down this hill and I'm thinking the entire time, how do people ski down this thing? Like, <laughs> that would be terrifying. It's easier because oh, you're not moving your legs. I know, <laughs> but you could, you could go down hard on that. Like, it's steep, man. <laughs> so in my previous life, if you will, I used to go down as fast as I could possibly can on a bike. Yeah. Um, some of, some of you don't know, but I used to be uh, a cyclist and uh, did this uh, professionally, and uh, quit my career early on for different reasons. But uh, yeah, uh, my top speed on a bike on downhill was well over a hundred kilometers per hour. So um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. I miss it. I miss it a lot. The closest I get to it now is on a motorcycle, but I don't go downhill. Do you ever <laughs> snowboard? <clears throat> no, I never even tried it. Um, something about my legs being bound and oh. just not being able to move them. I just never really cared for it. But I see people doing it and I hear it's a lot of fun. And I know I would like it because it's going fast down a hill. It's, like, <laughs> it's my jam. I would like to try snowboarding. you like it. I think I would like it, but I would like... I need someone to go with me because I need someone to be beside me all the time to hear me laugh at myself <laughs> every time I fall down. It'd just be, be minutes and hours of giggling. So. <laughs> it would be a, a giggle fest. If you think yeah. I giggle a lot now, people, oh, wait till you, <laughs> wait till I make a fool of myself. <laughs> so. Yeah. But uh, on that note, um, we're still in our sort of uh, relaxed phase, just uh, doing things one at a time as they come in and getting ready for the months coming up and when it's going to start getting hectic and everything like that. Baby so, time. Baby time. Yeah. Um, we're not even thinking about it. We're just enjoying our no baby time right now. <laughs> Smart. And um, kind of gonna, going to see what uh, what happens. I can't wait to see what you and Hannah are like with a baby because I'm pretty sure I have a good idea in my mind what it will be like. And in my mind, it's hilarious. <laughs> Great. Because in my mind, it's you trying to figure out how to do things and Hannah looking at you like, dude, like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> you have to give me more credit than that. <laughs> um. I'm keeping a dog alive here. Come on. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But you're going to be like the goofball and Hannah's going to be the not, you know, hard ass, but, you know, serious. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Definitely. Um, speaking of my dog, he decided to try his uh, uh, hand at eating the Christmas tree. That's uh, any day going to go down, actually. Although, like we're recording this ahead of time. So people are going to be like, what's he doing with a Christmas tree up still? <laughs> no it's what actually, are you doing with a christmas tree up still it is like, january <laughs> like in the last episodes 
I mentioned that our Christmas tree stays up until January 20th. Oh, my God. Um, or the 21st or thereabouts. And, yeah, it's just festive here for, for months. It's awesome. Um, when people come in, they're kind of like, you still have your Christmas tree up? And I'm like, you're still here. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> but uh, today he decided to try chewing on it. And I'm watching him do it right now. And part of me wants to get up and to like tear him away from it. But part of me wants to see what happens. <laughs> oh, no. He might take I, it down for you. I hope not. Um, <laughs> but he's he's got this bench right beside the tree that he sits on. And right now he's Aww. just got this. He's just chewing on it. So <laughs> we'll see what happens. I might have to run away for a second and wrestle him. But uh, this is his way of trying to get my attention because uh, uh, we've been on a walk at uh, 6 a.m. And currently it's just afternoon and he wants to go on another walk. So I yeah. think it's time soon. So we'll probably keep this somewhat relative and somewhat brief as we're nine minutes into the episode. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what are we talking about today, Petro? Well, uh, last week we touched on... Uh, sort of what's next, uh, now what, mm-hmm. um, how w- w- we told our, u- I was just about to call our listeners users. We told, we told, told our listeners, uh, some, give some ideas on how to get out there and get new clients, uh, get clients period. And, uh, hopefully you're having some success with that. And, uh, I mean, it's only been a week, but, um, the information we want to give you now is sort of uh, what to expect and how to uh, basically manage the client communication, ba- basically manage your clients and uh, uh, client retention even. You know, we'll probably just mention that briefly. So uh, it all comes down to client communication. So that's what we're going to go it, with. It all comes down to communication. <laughs> yes. Well, I think that's basically it. Yeah, absolutely. Communication is key, is a term you're going to hear a lot. It's going to reflect uh, on personal relationships, but it also has a lot to do with professional relationships. Um, And, you know, there's really no good place to start because uh, you will will find that uh, communicating with clients is going to be different with every single client. Because unlike a personal relationship where you're, you're growing together, uh, with this person or, you know, a family member or whatever, <clears throat> uh, client relationships are all different with every single different client. And the best thing I can do is uh, tell you that you have to learn from other people's mistakes, uh, like myself and Sophia. Although Sophia will mistakes. tell you she doesn't make mistakes, yeah. of course. <laughs> <clears throat> and uh, hopefully you can uh, do it right uh, without upsetting too many people. Just so for the one record, thing- I'm creeped out how you actually predicted that I was going to say that. Yeah, well, <laughs> communication. <laughs> um, <clears throat> you know what? It comes down to being able to read people. Um, and it's going to be very difficult. But you, one thing I will say right away is that the, the notion of customer is always right uh, holds a little bit of truth. Uh, you have to basically give the customer or your client, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? You have to give them the illusion that they're sort of leading the communication, they're sort of leading the the conversation. Um, But in the end, you are sort of driving the bus and you are going to be responsible in the direction it goes in and the mood and the tone that you set with, and sometimes with just simple, tiny words that you insert. Um, 
And so one of the things that I'm going to say is before you do anything, um, maybe take a piece of paper out and a pen and write down, I am not a rock star. And then write another sentence. I am not a diva. And then one more sentence. I am a human being <laughs> and so are my clients. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, and I say this because I find that one of the mistakes that we make is that we get upset with uh, anything that a client may ask us um, or a suggestion. And you have to remember that these people do not deal with photographers on a daily basis and they do not, they are not in business of photography. So there's going to be a lot of ignorance on their part in terms of knowing your day-to-day business, knowing your ability to help them and knowing your market value, sort of like what you're worth. So at any given time, if a client reaches out to you and says something like, I was hoping you would uh, photograph a wedding for me, our budget is $500. Your job is to answer that client exactly the same way as if they said our budget is $5,000. Um, you you don't have to accept the $500 wedding, but you should still communicate with your client based on the fact that they may be a human being, right? Um, and so this brings me to the, the, the main point here and the first sort of uh, to do, and it is follow up. Regardless of how silly the request is, follow up with your client. And when you don't hear from them after maybe two, three days, follow up with sort of a gentle reminder that you've sent them something and you're wondering if they have any questions. Mm -hmm. So your, your number one priority, number one task is going to be to follow up. So today, before we started recording, Petro was an hour late. 45 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) And what I did with that time is I have a list on Tave of people that I need to follow up with. So it automatically searches all of my open jobs and tells me who I haven't had any communication with in the past 60 days, I think. And then it creates this list for me of people that need follow-up. So I end up following up with all of my clients who have booked a job um, Mm -hmm. at least once every 60 days so that I am top of mind for them. Um, It just creates a better relationship, I think, for my clients leading up to their weddings. This is primarily wedding clients, just so everyone is clear. Right. Um, And I also text with my clients a lot and sometimes just start a random conversation with them. Mm-hmm. How random are we talking about? Sort of like, um, <laughs> what are you having for dinner? What are you wearing? Or I like to <clears> think <throat> of my clients after the wedding, for the most part, as friends. And I have definitely developed some actual friendships with some of my clients after mm-hmm. their weddings. Um, so I will actually be like, let's get lunch or something. Um, or one of my clients really loves pugs they have this little pug (laughs) um and if you follow any of my stuff on facebook you have probably seen some of their photos with their pug i actually had them um model for last year's april fools post Mm -hmm. um and um i'll send them pug stuff of course because Mm -hmm. i follow them on instagram instagram now thinks that i'm obsessed with pugs 
Um, wow. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just <clears throat> I'll send them pug stuff and you know ask them to go out to lunch and stuff. It's just like like we have already said, it's communication, and I just keep in contact with them on a regular basis, even after the wedding. I mean. I have seen some people have their wedding photos done and then they'll go to another photographer for like maternity photos or family photos or something. And that's just okay. kind of silly. Like you should be developing a relationship with these people so that right. when it's time for maternity photos or it's time for family photos, then they're thinking, of course, I'm going to go back to Sophia Levin or whomever their photographer was. So I put this under the term of follow-up as well, sort of, yeah. sort of following up. Uh, and building on relationships. <clears throat> I get um, an email every six months from my wealth manager, advisor, banker, financial person mm-hmm. that says, how are you doing? What's new? Anything I can do for you? Um, I manage an account for uh, a local client on a different level. And we actually employ a third-party company that does all the web management and everything. And I get a monthly follow-up from these people. Just checking in. What uh, what are some things that are, are going well? What are some things that are going wrong? Can we do anything? And so quite often, uh, I actually have something in the back of my mind um, that I need done. And I just haven't had the time to reach out. And so when they reach out to me, I'll quickly just reply with, yeah, actually, can you make these changes for me? Well, this brought me um, to sort of realize that there could be clients out there that may need some photography done, but they're just not getting around to reaching out mm-hmm. to me to do this. And it's it's a fact. I uh, randomly would... Uh, just kind of think back to some clients I haven't spoke with or even just checked our communication to see who I've sort of been out of touch with. And I would reach out and say, hey, just checking in, seeing how things are. And quite often as a photographer, you may have to suggest something. So you may suggest, hey, it's fall. Would you would you want to book a family session? Or if it's a business that you're working with and uh, you did some headshots for them two years ago, you could say, uh, you hired any new people? Or can we refresh or update the headshots? Maybe somebody wasn't happy with them. And you'll be surprised how often people say, you know what, yeah, why don't you come into the office? We'll uh, set something up and go from there. It, it works. It's a proven thing. Um, you have to um, sort of uh, rewind to the last episode where you have to co- constantly network with people and continue your relationship with them. And that's, that's, that's how you do it. That's how you reinforce it. Constantly follow up. Um, Tave is, an, is a great example of a tool that will actually help you uh, do the follow up. So um, maybe we should uh, look into getting uh, our users like an extender trial. I keep calling our listeners users. <laughs> um, I, think, I think I have a link somewhere that I might be able to share with people. So maybe I'll throw that in the show notes. Yeah. Or pop it up on uh, on the Facebook group if people would like to try out Tave. Yeah, I think I think it would not be a bad idea. So if you don't mind, Sophia, do uh, do share um, a link so people could try it out because uh, um, you may you may see that it's a great client management tool and it's a very powerful tool altogether. I mean, we could probably do one or two episodes based on that alone. Um, 
but uh, once you start using it, you'll find that it's it's very uh, very beneficial. Yeah. So, uh, it, the I cannot stress the importance of keeping in touch uh, because if you sort of set it and forget it, meh. Yep. That that's that's what's going to happen. Now, uh, the wedding clients, for example. Um, there's a really good chance that people know more than one photographer and the relationships they develop with with each other over the years are going to lead them to use other people than you, even if you photograph their wedding. So it's up to you to perhaps do something very insignificant like sending them a Christmas card or sending <laughs> seriously. A... <laughs> now, why are you laughing? Speaking about Christmas cards... <laughs> Well, yeah, send it well before Christmas, unlike Sophia, whose Christmas card oh, oh I got goodness. No. January 12th. Petro, do you remember when I sent out my Christmas cards? I <coughs> sent them at the beginning of December. Yes, somehow it took over five weeks for me oh, to receive your card. My goodness. And this happens. I mean, that it is what it is. I, I was... Uh, I was laughing that it that it took so long. As a matter of fact, when it came in, I looked at the envelope and it said Sophia Lemon, and I'm going, "What did she send me?" <laughs> like, like it was so out of out of like context. Ugh. Like it, you know, if if it was even two three days a week after Christmas, I would be like, "Oh, Christmas card." But well, and I don't. The funny thing weeks. is, like, I would be the first person to go onto my mailing list and send all of those people an email saying, "Uh, yeah, so." A little bit late, but Merry Christmas. Except that right. I don't know who received the Christmas cards outrageously exactly. late. So <laughs> I am hoping that people send me an email saying, oh, thanks for the cards. So I could be like, yeah, good. You finally got it. That's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> and and funny on that note, funny enough, uh, we sent out our cards a couple of weeks before because I thought, okay, snail mail, but still, it should, should take no time. Um People were calling and messaging us like the 29th and the 30th of December saying, oh, I just received your really cool card. And yeah. um, <clears throat> now uh, to kind of go off topic for a little bit, I think I did mention that I don't send cards out to too many people. Instead, I kind of sent a, um, send them a note and saying, hey, I bought a goat instead. Yeah. I used the money to buy a goat. <laughs> and if you don't know what I'm talking about, just use your imagination. <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> um or, or google it <laughs> i'm not telling i'm not repeating it you will have to go back and listen to our episodes <laughs> there's your incentive um so but keep in touch no i've um i went as far as uh i i once spent a little bit too much money on this uh but um the bride and groom uh, whose wedding i photographed they were expecting about five months after the wedding. And so I sent them like a big basket on their due date um, when, when, when their baby was to be born or was born. I, I don't know. I wasn't friends with them on social media or anything, but I had their address and everything. So I said kind of like congratulations and everything. And um, I probably spent a little bit over $100, but... I did so because I thought, you know what, maybe once the baby's born, they'll contact me and they'll be like, hey, we want some photos. Yeah. Um, turns out that the bride herself became a photographer. Yes. <laughs> so all bets are off. She's like, I'm doing my baby, my own baby photos. But um, it wasn't in vain. I mean, the, these clients did order, um, 
over a thousand dollars worth of prints and, and books and everything. So for me, I it was kind of a thank you, but also it was my way of keeping in touch. But um, it was also a reminder of who I was to them, even though it was like five months later. Um, because all the photos that she wanted printed and the canvas, everything, she came back to me. Um, and I don't know if she would have done that, uh, being a photographer at this point, because I have a feeling she might have started researching companies on Google or whatever, or asking uh, some some people on Facebook. And there's a really good chance I wouldn't have been recommended. So uh, it was a little bit self-serving in terms of uh, I did I did get future business, even though not as a photographer, but as a printer. So nothing's really done in vain. Uh, but she told so many people that I sent her a basket, um, and she didn't, she didn't shoot weddings at all. So she started referring all her wedding clients to me Mm -hmm. and it was, it was a great relationship that her and I still have because she, she refers, um, a lot of business this way, except this year she started finally shooting weddings. (laughs) So yeah, she's, she's doing a bridal show and everything, (laughs) but it's kind of a blessing in disguise because everybody who would contact me, everybody kind of hinted at the fact that she told them the story that I sent her a big basket. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if I have to send all these people baskets Oh, now. no. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, probably not, obviously. Obviously not. Plus, I don't know if, if and when they're having babies. So, <laughs> but uh, Well, yeah. you know how you can know? Um, one of the Become first friends. things, yeah, one of the first things that I do when someone books me is I add them to Facebook. And yep. I don't think anyone has turned down my request, but it's a really good way just to get to know people. You get to know them, what they like and stuff. For example, I know that a couple of my clients really like cats, which is awesome for me because I also <laughs> like cats. And so when we meet up for their engagement session and stuff like that, I can say stuff like, you know, we have twin cats. Yes. Because they have orange tabbies. <laughs> Um, you can also find out in a lot of cases when their birthday is yeah, and just keep in contact with them, comment on their stuff, like their stuff. I'm actually finding that a lot of my clients are kind of hilarious, (laughs) which is awesome. (laughs) Um, but yeah, just befriend them on social media. Um, what else? I keep a list of my VIP clients. Um, and only one or two clients from each year end up on my VIP list. And these are people who are enthusiastic, who communicate really well with me mm-hmm. and who spend a lot of money. Um, now, not all of my clients who spend a lot of money end up on the VIP list and not everyone on the VIP list spends a lot of money. So some of these people are, are just like so enthusiastic and love what I do when they refer me to a bunch of people and I'm going to thank them for that. Right. So that's right. Um, I do. Yeah. Them. I do special things through the year for people um, who are really going above and beyond for me. Um, in some cases that's been ordering a print for their, um, their anniversary. Mm-hmm. Um, and these people also tend to be the people that I really enjoy too. So I end up, you know, getting lunch with them and stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah. That's not a bad thing. Yeah. Um, I don't think that this sort of VIP tr- treatment always needs to be expensive though. It doesn't. Like no. it can be as simple as shooting them a text or sending them an email. Um, 
Just something a little bit more personal, for example, when their birthday pops up on Facebook, maybe send them a text message rather than uh, exactly. clicking the little happy birthday button. <laughs> Wait, there's a happy birthday button? Yeah, in the sidebar, there's the it shows you whose birthday it is and you can click on it and then send a message to each of those oh, people right, on right, their right, birthday. Right. Yeah. 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 I thought there was actually literally a happy birthday button where you click no. it and it says something. So it's like, that's, well, a, that's a new update. <laughs> so I have my birthday hidden on Facebook and um, I like it that way. Like I like it when no one wishes me a happy birthday because I don't want all of my Facebook wishing me a happy birthday because... That could be because you're ginger. Maybe. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> it just makes no sense. Okay. Um, why don't you like people wishing a happy birthday? I just celebrate my birthday with like the people who are close to me. Yeah, and, fair enough. Um, I don't need like, I don't want anyone else feeling any guilt for missing my birthday. So I know that a lot of people mm. feel that around birthdays. So I just don't put it on there. But somehow like some people slipped through the cracks this year and wished me a happy birthday. And I was all like, how did you even know it was my birthday? How did they know? I don't know. Hmm. Jesse Dareneth from the agency Models sent me a happy mm -hmm. birthday. And I was like, how did you know this? Interesting. <laughs> hmm. Sneaky. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Well, um... <laughs> I Another did go way. off on a little bit of a tangent there. No, it's it's perfectly fine because it, it will it will tell our listeners um, sort of like uh, the personal relationships we develop. And now Jesse isn't actually a client. Jesse was was Jesse a client? Um, I did like headshots and and um, and like lookbook photos for them. Right. Um, but for their oh, models. Yeah. Okay. So you weren't the client of the agency. You weren't hiring no. models. You, they no. were the client. Okay. Yeah. Um, I actually take a lot of tips uh, from, um, you know, other vendors and how they treat me. Yeah. Uh, some of them just say, hey, hmm, happy holidays, and that's it. Uh, but another vendor, because I spent so much money, sent me a $150 gift, gift certificate. Uh, to use uh, with them and uh, I was kind of like uh, hey we're thinking of you happy holidays you know Merry Christmas whatever um, and so that's that you know I felt like a VIP I, I couldn't wait to get out there and spend some money and to tell you the truth I mean this is how most people's brains works some of you maybe not but um, when I went to purchase some stuff from this vendor I didn't just purchase $150 worth. I purchased several hundred dollars worth. And I just enjoyed the fact that I saved $150. And so uh, that means that if you were to reach out to somebody and do a gesture uh, like that, where you gifted them some, uh, uh, like a credit or a product, uh, there's a really good chance they're going to turn around and actually reciprocate with buying more than just that. So, um, and they're going to refer you they're going to talk about you yeah. just like my, my client did. Now let's talk a little bit about referrals. So this is actually, uh, how you can, uh, uh, keep a client if you will, uh, in through, through referrals, um, you can actually get new clients and kind of get the ball rolling there too. How do you, what, what are your referral programs, Sophia? Um, I don't really have a solid referral program. Okay. To be honest That's with you. That's a good you. answer. 
Yeah. Those people <laughs> who refer for me, they go onto, um, onto my VIP list. So, okay. uh, I have tried the referral thing and I don't know it. Well, the referral program thing, and it just doesn't seem to work for me. So I just treat the people who do refer on a okay. semi-regular basis. That's not a bad thing. Now, I do have a referral program mm-hmm. myself, and I it's, it, it's printed on a postcard that yeah. I was, was given out to... Uh, clients after after I meet them after the wedding typically or you know sometimes I meet the clients and and you kind of get right away that yeah we're not gonna really gel uh, but they're still happy to have met with you I, I will I will give them this referral information and my referral program is really simple and really awesome if you refer a wedding client to the studio and they book a wedding um, they will get a $100 discount on their wedding I know it's not much, but they get it in terms of product. They literally just get a hundred dollars credit towards prints, canvas, whatever. And you, as a referrer, you get a hundred dollars cash, mm-hmm. cold hard cash. And my uh, accountant said to me that I can write that off as marketing. So um, basically, that goes that goes towards my marketing expense, and you know. They have to know this, but that hundred dollars is built into the wedding package. Um, so I'm I'm already charging that extra hundred dollars anyways for marketing, if you will. So if I have to give it to somebody because they brought me a client, that is very little expense on my part. That is so negligible in terms of the the actual. You know, if if you ask anybody, is a hundred dollars a lot of money? They're going to say yes. You know, would you give me a hundred dollars? They would say no. But if you told them well, I have a client here who wants to spend three to four, five thousand dollars even for you to photograph their wedding. Will you give me a hundred dollars now? Ninety-nine point nine percent of the people should be saying yes, and let me buy you a coffee. Okay, hold on. Uh, I just want to clarify something. You are giving a hundred dollars cash to the people who, who refer to someone client. who booked. Yes. Yes. So if you refer, if you refer uh, John Smith and Jane Smith to me and John and Jane book the wedding with me, you will get a hundred dollars. Yep. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people want cash and some people, uh, I, I give you a choice cash or gift certificates and some people choose gift certificates uh, for whatever reason. I don't know, <laughs> but, um, I, uh, I have a, a trade, uh, partner who, basically offers me restaurant gift certificates um, for for trade and uh, that you know it's it's equal it's on par it's not like they give me a hundred dollars worth of gift certificates and I have to do five hundred dollars worth of shooting for them it's it's literally on par um, and uh, we kind of have a great relationship there too so for I mean it's still costing me money regardless yeah. but the amount of money it's costing me is negligible to the to the fact that I've just brought in a client at so many more such a big income and i built that in um so uh this has a lot to do with communicating with your client because um you have to establish this relationship with them you have to educate them about the programs that you have uh and uh you know you have to 
build this perpetual relationship where you constantly give back and they're going to bring things to you. Um, so I have a, a bride at, at the moment who's brought me uh, nine weddings. And so she's just she just says, once I reach a grand, um, I want $200 a wedding. And I jokingly said, you, you, you bring me a client number 11 and I'll give you $200. But reality is she's like my little ambassador, right? She, so why not? Uh, and I, um, I constantly text her, uh, to, to say hello. I constantly send her, um, like funny videos on Facebook, you know, some, something that I know she would like. Um, and, uh, we keep, we keep a great relationship like that. And the reality is that that's it's like having an employee who's doing much more than an employee you would actually have who would just be on Facebook and on their cell phone all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so, but uh, moving forward, um, let's say you let's say you get there. Let's say you get these clients. Uh, that's great. But there's a lot of in between. Uh, one particular thing is um, if a client. Uh, isn't very good at email, they're going to call you. Or if they don't want, they don't really want to do the email thing, they're going to call you or they're going to basically text you. Um, Sophia, you use Tave. Yeah. If a client decides to text you rather than call you uh, or rather than email you, I mean, um, or, or let me ask this question differently. Uh, your communication with clients, does it go through Tave or do you still use your own mail client? Um, so I do send emails from Tave mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, for pretty much everything. And then you can use, <clears throat> excuse me, a BCC mm -hmm. address, which will then put those like other emails that you've sent out from your mail client into Tave. Um, Tave doesn't actually manage your email. So you do have to email back and forth from whatever mail client you use. Okay. Um, I don't use the BCC very often. Um, but I will make notes on their files when I've texted them. Right. Um, and I also collect information in there when they book on what their preferred method of contact is. So whenever I go to their file, it'll say, call, text message, or email, whichever method they prefer. Right. And that is how I communicate <clears throat> with them. And that, that's what I was going to say is, uh, make some sort of, uh, conscious <clears throat> effort to keep track how you communicate with your client because, uh, keeping in touch is simple. You know, you can get into a habit of it, but knowing who to keep in touch with how kind of, you know, you, you may want to use some sort of a tool like Tave to, yeah. to figure that out. Um, I personally, I don't mind uh, communicating via text on my computer because there's a full keyboard and it's nice and fast. But if I'm away from my computer, there's a really good chance that the phone's in my pocket and I'm driving. And the last thing I want to do is communicate with people via text because quite often you don't really arrive at a point for a long time. You're kind of just sending messages back and forth. Hey, hey, how are you? How are you? Good, good, great. What are you doing? This, what about this? And 10 minutes goes by when you realize you could have called me and we could have done this in a matter of two seconds. So that's me. When you have to realize that there's going to be people like that out there too. And I also realize that there's people out there who just prefer texting. Maybe they're at work and maybe they're just busy and maybe they just don't like talking on the phone. 
Um, and so you just have to kind of call it a day and don't be frustrated with the fact that somebody's doing something that you're not, uh, just adapt, just do exactly the same thing that you're doing on the phone or via email with this person uh, via text, yeah. give them the attention they deserve, um, answer their questions fully. Uh, if you are texting, I mean, this is my own, my personal, uh, theory, I guess, is uh, be professional. If they're texting you and they're using short form and spelling mistakes, you know what? Take the time to be professional. Take the extra time to just kind of write them a, a full reply and don't use short form because um, I did something to Sophia as a little test uh, recently. You asked me a question via text and I just answered you with a letter Y mm -hmm. and you said, is it a yes or is it a why? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I told you I'm setting you up for this. <clears throat> and I, I set you up for this because I wanted to talk about it on this uh, on this episode. Um, sometimes you will assume that somebody's saying something that they're not because they're using kind of short form or or just incomplete sentences. If you're unsure, do what Sophia did. Okay. If you're ever unsure, just think, what would Sophia do? And <laughs> ask a question to be clarified, to, to clarify. Okay. You guys don't know this, but I am constantly asking Petro to be more clear. <laughs> yes. Constantly. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's excellent to tell you the truth. That's, that's amazing because, but you're, uh, you do get frustrated a little bit sometimes. And that's, oh yeah. And that's cool because we have a different relationship. Um, <laughs> but if you're working with a client that you don't know yet, don't, don't get frustrated with yeah. them. And and if they get frustrated with you, just just carry on. All right, don't be that rock star. Um, uh, answer their questions and do, do things that they ask. If you can't, don't just say no, especially like N O no, and just leave. Yeah. Um, Make a suggestion on what you can do for them. You can say, unfortunately, I can't do this. However, I can do this for you instead. Yeah. And if they're saying, no, I, I really need you to do this, give them a suggestion of where to go. Yeah. Say, you know what? I have a friend who does it. Let me reach out to them and just uh, do a referral. And <clears throat> then you open up a communication and hopefully uh, hopefully you have this channel. If you're completely out of so out of touch with uh, anything and everything that your client's looking for, then that's when you can say, unfortunately, I, I'm not able to help, um, but, you know, good luck. And at some point, follow up. Yeah. <clears throat> now, Just say, I hey, that project you were working on, uh, did it work out? That person I referred to you, did it work out? And go from there. Go ahead. I would like to say something about what platforms you use to communicate with people. So it's great if you can adapt to how other people communicate. I always give people the option of texting in my first email with them, if that's easier for them. I don't do well with phone calls. Um, Petro has commented on my voicemail message before about how cranky I sound in it. I am not so good <laughs> on the phone, um, <clears throat> but what I do is I give people the option to email or text message. My phone lives on do not disturb mode. So I only answer phone calls from specific people. Um, mm -hmm. Otherwise it goes to voicemail, but I do set up appointments for phone calls. Um, for me, I need to be sitting in front of my computer to take a phone call because I, I mean, it, it's a pretty immediate method of 
communication. People ask you a question and they kind of expect an answer right away. So I like to give them that answer. So I sit in front of my computer, I make an appointment for a phone call so that I can talk to them. And if I, they are asking a question I don't know the answer to, I can look up the answer right then and there. Right. Um, you do not have to take phone calls, text message with your clients, email, you pretty much have to do that, but, um, you don't have to do any of these things in particular. You should not encourage your clients to be texting you. If you suck at texting, if you're the person who (laughs) opens up a text message and then goes, I'll reply to that later and then closes it and never replies to it. Don't encourage your clients to text you. And see, that's me. I will get uh, a dozen text messages in in the first part of the morning and I'll read all of them. And I have my read notification on for the benefit of the person I'm talking to Uh so that they know that that I've read it. Because I know that you're ignoring me. Yeah. Yeah. And so (laughs) so know that I'm ignoring you on purpose because I don't want to talk to you. Oh, thanks. (laughs) But that's just the thing. That's never it. Uh, Sometimes I either don't have the answer or don't have the means to get back to you. Yeah. Or I'm literally just waking up or whatever. Or I'm, I'm eating dinner and um, I happen to have my phone out and I see that there's been a bunch of messages, so I kind of go through them. But I put it away because I don't want to be eating dinner and be on my phone, yeah. you know. Um, and that's that's what happens. Sometimes I don't get back for, well, you know, you know that. I don't get back for a day or two. You will um, not get back. I have to text you. Again. Yeah, yeah, which is <laughs> which doesn't mean that I'm ignoring you. Yes, um, it just means that I didn't get back to you. And sometimes <laughs> you will get one-word answers. Yeah, that's typically. Oh when, man, do not one-word answer your clients. Do not one-word answer your no. clients. Yeah, so but just you can nev- never say no. <laughs> have have a good voicemail. Follow up with people if. Um, if they called you, oh my goodness, do not ignore your voicemail. If people call you and leave a voicemail, um, get back to them for goodness sake. Um, Absolutely. Well, and my suggestion is if they do leave you a voicemail, call them back. Don't just text them. That is one of my biggest pet peeves. If I leave you a voicemail and you text me, I'm I, I will probably just not respond. Well, Petro, if you call me and I might text you back saying, I can't talk right now. Is there something I can answer by text? That's totally Um, different. It depends on the person uh, for me. Um, Right. Sometimes they'll leave their email address or I know the person's email address or something. And I will say, I'm so sorry I missed your call. I'm not able to get on the phone right now. But if I can answer any questions for you through email or through text message or whatever, in the meantime, please let me know. Otherwise, I will be able to call you tomorrow or whenever it is I'm able to mm-hmm. get on my phone. I really, really dislike being on the phone. I know. And <laughs> and it's, it's funny because uh, I think you and I are about eight years apart or nine years apart. Um, and I feel like we're sort of a generation apart, technically, not, not the full generation, but, um, People uh, my age don't mind talking on the phone, yeah. you know, because that's how we grew up. We grew up, we didn't have cell phones, right? Yep. Um, so we grew up talking to our friends on the phone, on the landline. And, um, you know, now um, the kids, if you will, they they text each other. Yep. Uh, they Snapchat each other. And that's totally cool, too. Um, I, I, I mean, I have, I use those things as well. Um but, uh, you know, personally, I prefer a phone call. Yeah. I just prefer that human interaction because 
two things uh, you get in uh, phone call. human interaction uh, yeah. okay go on <laughs> well there's 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 two things that i'm looking for in, in the phone call one is the tone yeah. and two is just the time i don't have the time to text half the time yeah. um so because it, it just drags on for so long unless That's, it's literally a one word thing you know what that is hilarious that you're saying you don't have the time to text and i'm saying i don't have the time to talk to you on the phone yeah well and and that's because um we're two totally different people <laughs> and that's that's what this whole episode's about is that you will need to uh become the sort of the client whisperer mm -hmm. uh of communication you'll you'll have to adapt you'll have to um swallow your pride and <clears throat> get on you know get on the phone and yeah. start using your voice okay so um, speaking of being personable <clears throat> I have like two topics that are uh, loosely associated. We did talk briefly about my mailing list last week. And I use my mailing list to keep up with my clients and everything. I send out a monthly newsletter and then other emails uh, through the month for events and blog posts and stuff like that. Um, and I try to tailor my emails so that they read pretty pretty much like they are directed towards the person that it's being sent to. Um, does that sound about right to you? Like if you read my emails, Petro, because I know you're subscribed, does it sound like I'm intending the email for that person? Hold on. I'm, I've got to read your yeah. email. All right. All right. I'll wait. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, <clears throat> it's very, it, it's actually quite general. It's yeah. very, it's very good. Uh, it's written in a good voice. Um, it's not hard to read. It's not confusing. Uh, you use language that's easy to understand. And I think that's going to be very important. Uh, I do find a lot of times when people first start out, they feel the need to educate the client about what you do. Um, stop it. <laughs> um, I'm guilty for this too, but you don't need to educate your client about the importance of photography or how you're better than somebody else and then use jargon that they don't get. And I find uh, you, you're pretty good at it. So, um, and also you, you don't drag on like you're, you get to the point right away. And that's kind of, uh, that's kind of key. Um, really at the end of the day, it's, it just get to the point. So, um, well, one of the, the other part that's connected to this, um, and I know we discussed talking about this um, when we talked about this topic, was canned responses. And, you know, when you get an email from someone um, wanting to book their wedding with you or wanting more information about their wedding, do you send out a canned response? Like, I have canned responses in Tave. I have canned responses for people who signed their contract, uh, people who paid their retainer, um, a reminder for people's session um, that mm -hmm. goes out a few days before their session. One thing I'll ask you is to clarify to our listeners a canned response. Okay. Canned response is like a copy and paste response. It's something mm -hmm. that you have to the side, ready to go. More um, particularly column templates. Yeah, it's a template right. response. Yeah. yeah. Um, I actually encourage people to use, uh, templates, mm -hmm. but, uh, when you use templates, make them not sound like, a template, <laughs> yeah. right. So write them to everyone, so to speak, yeah. and make them make it a language that you can understand. Uh, I actually teach it in my, in my class, um, both my wedding photography class and my, uh, uh, digital marketing class, um, 
I, I teach I, and I reinforce the importance of having a template so that you don't have to type out all the information. However, um, you don't have to use those responses. That's, that's my take on it. So uh, do I use them 50-50? Yeah. It it really depends. If somebody if somebody messages me and says, "Hey, I was wondering if we can book a time to meet." Well, I'm not going to send them a template. I'm just <laughs> going to say, "When do you want to meet?" You know. Well, you know what's uh, funny? I I I don't have a canned response when people send me an email wanting more information about my wedding packages. However, I pretty much same send the same email every time. <laughs> Which is absolutely, congratulations on your engagement. I would love to chat with you about my packages. Can we set up a time to talk? Tank, what is going on? He, uh, he's not happy with your response. <laughs> it's so. too general. It's too general, isn't it? It's too general, yeah. He, so he discovered his voice about and um, <laughs> any simple, I can't even shut him up. That's, that's the problem. <laughs> Any simple knock or bang uh, outside yep. just throws him into these ro rolling barks <laughs> where where his his little growl just rolls and like turns into these barks and, and he's just unhappy. He's unhappy because he can't get out and investigate. So um, Lola is exactly the same way. If a tractor or a motorcycle or um, ATV goes by, she's at the window and she's barking. Or if the UPS, FedEx, or Purolator people show up, although we all know that the Purolator person doesn't come to the door at my place. But anyway, um, if any of the deliver pe delivery people come, Lola is at the door barking like a vicious monster until you actually open the door. And then she's like, oh, human being, this is exciting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, that's, that's kind of tank. Well, and funny enough, if I pull up in a car and I get out of the car, um, he's just at the window waiting for me and his tail's wagging and everything's good. <laughs> but, um, if I get out of the car and I slam the door and I go to the back and open the back and I'm getting stuff out. Then he's like, um, hurry up. <laughs> yeah, that he he'll he's gonna lose his shit. <laughs> um, oh so it, it, Hannah or I, when we come home, he doesn't bark. Uh, but uh, when the neighbor comes home and slams the door, he will let them know, hey, 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 no, no slamming the doors. Okay. <laughs> um, and I'm I'm in an older house, and uh, our neighbors to the sides are not very close, but across the street, they're they're kind of they're kind of close, and so. I mean, this isn't the most well-sealed <laughs> house in the world, so yeah. you can you can hear when they like shut when they slam their like uh, car doors or something. Yeah. Um, so, but he's come down. He's now on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> he gets over it pretty quickly, eh? He does. He does. He's a he's a sweetheart. Um, he's my buddy. He's my pal. Um, and this is the first time I think he actually let people know that he exists, um, <laughs> unless you've watched some videos. So, sorry for the interruption, everyone. Um, he was just communicating with me. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a little bit aggressively. Um, well, that's the thing. It, don't it use that tone aggressive. with your clients. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, what do you do when you are sensing some aggression from your clients? So for me, because I've told you about this before, um, sometimes a client just will not agree with how you do business. Um, a client or a lead, really. Mm -hmm. um, like... 
Well, I don't understand why I have to pay for you to show up to my wedding and then pay you again to have to get the photos printed. Um, and I can explain that 20 billion different ways and they still just will not agree with me. Um, mm -hmm. And sometimes that conversation gets a little bit aggressive. And in cases like that, I usually just step back and I say, I'm sorry, um, this is how my business runs. I don't think that I am a very good fit for you. That's, that's um, it. Yeah. yeah. You just have to tell them to screw off <laughs> in, in a really nice way. <clears throat> don't say screw I've, off because they will tell other yeah. people. Don't tell. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I have fired uh, clients in the past. Yeah. Um, after photographing their entire uh, engagement session, mm -hmm. um, I just couldn't get through this bride's head that if you wanted your engagement photos in a snowstorm, and you're at, and you know there's just a foot of snow everywhere, and you're in the middle of a wooded area where the trees have shed their leaves, and it's literally snowing and everything's white, and you're wearing white, and your fiance is wearing black and white. There's not going to be color in the photo. And so when they, when they challenged me that they're worried that there's not going to be color in their wedding photos that are happening in the middle of July, <laughs> um, oh, <clears throat> I no. tell them that I basically, I'm going to reserve myself and not say you're a total idiot. Um, <laughs> how do you even call yourself an interior designer or decorator or whatever wow. you are? Um, and I tell them I, I basically told this client, I'm going to swallow my pride here. I'm going to bite the bullet. I'm going to take the loss on the fact that I spent hours of my time shooting your engagement session. Mm -hmm. um, and I am just going to give you all your money back and good luck with your wedding. <laughs> you know, and I mean, I was the I was the person to fire this client who went on to fire her wedding planner. Uh, her hair team, her makeup team, um, her decorator. Yeah. And so she, she was basically, I, I'm just convinced that this person's crazy. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but, uh, I prof very professionally at the meeting, I said, you know, after, after I tried about two or three times explaining to her the circumstances, you know, I like, you wanted to photograph in, in a snowstorm. Like mm -hmm. we, we did. Yep. There's no color in uh, in the winter. Like, just call it, just accept it. You know, you see, you see your hair, it's black. It's black. <laughs> it's not white. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> it, there's density in this photo. There's, so, yeah. And like, th these were, Sophia, these, sorry to interrupt. These were some of the best photos I photographed um, until that point. Yeah. But it didn't matter. She just, she was just stuck on this. And I told her, I apologize, we're not a good fit. So, um, if the client has a hard time with your business model, they're not, they're just not going to mesh and you, you have to tell them, unfortunately, I'm not a good fit. However, uh, I do know this person who may be able to help you out. I'm going to be honest with you, Petro. I do not go out of my way to make referrals. <laughs> Honestly. Um, um, I do because the, this other person I'm helping out refers people back to me. Yeah. So, I have so this is a bit people, of a network. I have specific people that I will refer. However, I don't unless they ask me. 
Well, the reason I wouldn't refer a lot of host, hostile clients oh, is Oh, I definitely wouldn't refer a hostile client. I would just say, I'm sorry, I don't know anyone. Yeah, um, I wouldn't appreciate it if, no. if this person, if you referred somebody to me who's just like, like this, per, this person that I just talked to you about that I ended up sort of letting go and giving all their money back. Yeah. I, I told them right away, I said, I don't, I'm not going to refer anybody to you because I don't think that you understand how photography works and anybody I work with is professional. Um, and they're going to do the same job as me. And sorry. So that that's just, that's just it. But yeah, Petro <clears throat> did say at the beginning of this episode, this episode, right? Are the last two meshing together for me that, you know, to a certain extent, the client is always right. Yeah. I mean, to a certain extent, however, you have your business model, you should stick to your business model. There's been a couple times I have been talking with people and they're just staring at me, waiting for me to drop my price. Mm -hmm. Like we're just totally, totally silent. I've given them the package. They're just literally staring at me, waiting for me to drop my price. Um, a couple times so, I've been having a conversation with someone is, well, I do know your mother. And then they stare at me and um, I don't drop my prices. I don't sell digital files. So those are two of the things that I've been sitting across from someone and they're just staring at me, waiting for me to change my business model. Um, and I just repeat to them, um, this is how I do it. This is why I do it this way. Um, here are the other options. Um, but if at the end of the day, they are not into any of those other options, then I mean, the conversation has to end at some point, I usually just say, Okay, I think you're looking for a different photographer, you're not looking for me. So the customer is always right. But if you tell them that you don't want to work with them, they're no longer your customer. True. That's that's how I treat this. And that's why I tell people sometimes to take a hike. Um, this doesn't happen very often. It only happened twice ever uh, in my, uh, let's see, 15 years in business and uh, 18 years as a photographer. Yeah. Um, it only happened twice. And once I had to refund the money because I had was already paid in advance. Um, and another time we never even got that far. I just basically told them, take a hike. Yeah. Uh, and funny enough, that's the person who said, but the customer's always right. And I literally gently reminded them, you're not my customer anymore. <laughs> Have a nice day. Um, <clears throat> and uh, it, just, it just saddens me that it gets like that sometimes. Yeah. But if you call me out on my ability and the fact is that you're just, you don't understand uh, how certain things work. Or you're not uh, happy with anything. Yeah, exactly. that's my point. Um, if you're not happy with, with something and I have no control over it, then, then I just don't want to deal with you. Yeah. Um, so, but this, but please let's, let's rewind and re, I want to remind you, do not be a rock star. Don't treat no. everybody like this. Okay. <laughs> You're not somebody special. You're not, um, God's gift to this earth, uh, as the best photographer in the world. And even if you were, uh, just be humble about it. Be cool. All right. And just be creative and handle the business as it comes in. Yeah. And, uh, um, well, I think, I mean, be nice is usually my advice. So be nice. And even when people are, they don't agree with you on how you run your business, you still be nice. And you say, all right, well, 
I'm not the photographer for you. You can be nice and say that. Yeah. You can do it. <laughs> yeah, just boop them on the nose. Boop them on the nose. Don't boop them on the nose. <laughs> right. We right. are not we are not advocating physical assault. <laughs> Fine. Yeah, I know. Um, and uh, kind of to sort of give a blanket statement, uh, I think it'd be important for you to stay organized. Mm-hmm. So whether it's with help of Tave or uh, even a notebook um, where you kind of start a fresh page for every client and just mm-hmm. keep track of everything you've done, uh, just stay organized and, and stay on stay on top. Um, when you sign contracts with people, if they're not digital contracts, but you're actually printing them and getting signed, create a separate folder for every client. Um, don't uh, just have a binder full of contracts. Um, that's that's a mistake I made in the past because I just for ease of just being able to keep everything under one roof, so to so to speak, I used to just whole bunch my contracts and put them in the binder based by date. <clears throat> and then the binder took off one day. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, lucky, lucky for me, I did find it uh, about uh, six months later. Um, it was uh, just a misunderstanding. I had a client stop by, put his uh, notes on top of the table where my binder was sitting, and it was a black binder on the table. And then he took everything with him when he left. <laughs> and the, every single contract had... Um, the fee structure for every for every single client oh too, and so this person decided to flip through it, and oh. yeah. So lucky for me, um, it wasn't a big deal. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't a wedding client, but we we talked about it a little bit. He said, "Yeah," I, he's like, "I hope you don't mind. I just kind of read, read a contract just to see what's in it," uh, and I'm like, well, "It doesn't matter if I mind now. You did it. Um, not gonna." discuss this with you but mm-hmm. i mean for that reason i thought about it and i was like yeah this this is probably not the best thing to <laughs> get into somebody else's hands i mean it was my my mistake my fault but also the fact is that you know keeping them in the file for like i do i do have a file for every uh for every single uh, bride and groom um and it could be something as simple as uh, if they sent me a thank you card i will put the thank you card in there yeah right so kind of keep it all together um, if I have to do any sort of communication with them, I can just open their file. Um, the notes from their initial meeting are in there because I do take notes. Um, the, the contracts in there, any communication between us is in there. And sometimes if, um, if something's really important, like an email where I, I really want that information for, for future. I will quite often print out some information yeah. and put it in the file too. So stay organized that way. And, um, you know, I, and again, this is something that I just learned from going to the dentist or going to the doctor, right? They would have all these physical files. And I mean, nowadays, uh, everything's going digital. But if you're not doing digital, if you are doing kind of paper contracts, then just start a file, start a, get a little filing cabinet or any, any box for that matter. And just, just kind of go from there. Um, anything else you want to add to this just to kind of have an effective communication? I think that's about it for me for today. Yeah. yeah. So just remember to follow up. Um, 
And uh, there's nothing wrong with following up multiple times, even if you do not get a response. Yeah. Uh, stay organized. Uh, be courteous. Uh, treat people how you would like them to treat <laughs> you. Uh, don't be a rock star or a diva. Remember that you are just a vendor. You're no different than any service provider f- out there. And how would you like it if you emailed somebody to get a quote on the roof of your house yeah. and they treated you, you know? Okay. And... I know that we all read these text conversations and laugh about them, but don't take screenshots of your client communications and post them on Facebook. Um, (laughs) And if you do, block out their name and their contact information. (sighs) Do not post this stuff on your business page and probably not on your profile. Maybe a place like our group would be an appropriate place to vent about that sort of experience. But uh, Or if you just want to get feedback about yeah, it. Yeah, that's yeah. different. That's yeah. completely different. But our group isn't public. Yes. Our group is a safe place <laughs> for all of you um, to vent or to get some feedback. Yeah. Don't, um, don't be the person who vents about their clients on the internet. Just don't do it. <laughs> that's probably what this whole episode should have been about. <laughs> well Avoid we finally got to like it <laughs> yeah. um and i'm sure as we mentioned this you can probably think to a time you saw a photographer's um and client's information information conversation rather online and it just goes from there yeah but if so. you do see these things floating around online do post them in the group because that last one was it tanis who mm-hmm. posted it that was funny Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, one last thing I want to get to, and then we'll wrap up this episode is, uh, for some reason, as photographers, we forget that we all start somewhere. We all have to start somewhere. Now, this being, um, sort of a, a craft an art, a career path that isn't very regulated or at all. Um, there's all kinds of walks of life can do this and some are going to be stronger than others. Um, and the, the funny thing is the, the, what I quite often see the photographers who aren't very strong in their talent and their capabilities are very good at obtaining clients, whether it's because they're just very inexpensive or just know a lot of people it, or are just willing to work for it. It's up to them. But as a growing photographer, as a business person, don't make fun of your colleagues. Don't make fun of fellow mm-hmm. photographers. No matter how bad their photos are, just stay away from it. Again, if it's if, this is something that I don't care to see in the group, honestly. Yeah. Um, no, we're not going to do this in the group. No. Exactly. So don't even don't even screenshot the stuff in the group. I mean, awkward family photos is one thing because this is families that dress up ridiculous and get photographed but there's a website called photographer where, where it's like f-a-u-x mm-hmm. like faux um where this this person's entire business is dedicated to making fun of uh photographers as they come up in this world yeah sometimes you just pose terribly sometimes you just expose terribly sometimes you just get subjects that are terrible but it's not our duty to ridicule these people. Hey, you know so, what? Maybe we have um, another type of post for our Facebook group where we post our own screw-ups. <laughs> that's actually a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
It's a great idea. And I, I'm going to dig up my first digital wedding that oh, no. I photographed <laughs> with a silver reflector. Oh, well, I terrible. usually, I delete all of these files. But now that I'm thinking about it, why don't we all make a little folder of photo screw-ups and after a shoot or whatever, drop your raw files into that folder and every once in a while just upload them to the group so we can all have a good laugh. Just tell us what exactly. happened. Hmm. <laughs> we'll laugh about it together. I mean, really, how many times have you gone from shooting inside to shooting outside and all of a sudden your photos are completely white? Mm, <clears throat> well, never, because I'm awesome. <laughs> Don't but. lie, Petro. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, to tell you the truth, that's exactly why I, I uh, don't use manual mode now. <laughs> well, it, it might be funny and uh, it might be a huge surprise to people, but um, I majority of my photography is done in aperture priority now. Well, mine's yeah. all in aperture priority, but when you have, um, when you're like ISO is way up and then you go outside anyway. Um, and auto ISO as well. I, che the, oh, <laughs> I check, I check the back of my camera so often that I'll be like, yeah. Oh, that is way overexposed and I'll fix it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but I, I'm just, I'm just kind of giving you a hard time, Yeah, I got you. but the reality is that this is this happens to everybody it happens to me all the time um i uh, i shoot a lot less now than i used to because you know 15 years ago when i shot my first digital wedding uh, actually my first digital wedding was photographed in 2002 so yeah 15 years ago um the photos did not look great mm -hmm. they were they were sellable and they were better than good enough but they did not look great definitely not something that i can do today yeah and um from learning from that a little bit, I started to shoot more because I didn't have a lot of photos to choose to deliver to the bride and groom. Uh, I only had about 80 to 100 photos or some, something I recall. <clears throat> and um, I think I only shot about four to 600. Like, don't know why, but I don't know why I remember this. And uh, so as the time progressed, I actually started shooting more for that reason. And as the time progressed even further, I'm actually shooting a lot less now. Um, and a lot more photos are quote unquote turning out because my confidence grew and everything like that. And I'm just trying to kind of do things right. But every single wedding, I have a screw up of some sort, something it's out of focus. It's blurry. That. It's tilted. It just happens. Right. Yep. So, uh, you can't help it, but, uh, I would hate it if somebody ridiculed me for that. Oh yeah. Uh, I would hate it if they took that one photo and they said, okay, look at this photographer. You know? <laughs> so do me a favor. Don't do that. I um, Don't send me links to it either. Uh, I know some of you have. Not necessarily people listening. But uh, I just, being an educator, um, I see a lot of uh, people coming through this. And there's always, uh, there's either a breaking point or a breakthrough point for everybody. Where you just you realize, okay, I, this is what I need to do to be better. And that's your breakthrough point. Or you realize I just can't do it anymore. <laughs> like I just cannot satisfy my clients. And that, that could be your breaking point. And yeah. there's nothing wrong with you hanging up your camera and saying, you know what, I'm going to go do something else. Um, uh, so yeah, okay. learn, learn from all of us. All right. Petro, On that note, is tank ready for his walk? He fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> He had a good bark session and he fell asleep. So I'll just let him rest for a little oh bit. God. All right. Well, if this was your first time listening, we hope you learned something new and you can share your feedback on this episode and your photo screw ups 
on our Facebook group, Pat Devil yep. Exposure Show Group. Um, thanks to Benjamin Edward for our artwork and Ben Sound for our theme music. The podcast is released every Wednesday, and you can find show notes for this episode at doubleexposure.show slash episodes slash 18. Don't forget to subscribe and please leave us a five-star review at doubleexposure.show slash iTunes. I'm going to say that again. Please leave us a five-star review at doubleexposure.show slash iTunes. Tell your friends, share us with your coworkers, and we will talk to you next week. Absolutely. Thanks for listening. Ha, <laughs> ha,